Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional from Jersey City, New USA, Dr. Fred Petito. Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, Dr. Petito is an executive coach and a leadership advisor. He's the founder of Attain Leadership, and he has over 20 years of experience as a C-level executive. So, Fred, before we talk about coaching and leadership, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually started out in uh, advertising years ago, uh, working uh, for one of the big global um, uh, ad agencies, Young Rubicam, and in London under strategic planning uh, function. Mm -hmm. I did that for a few years and uh, then I went to law school. I, I figured I wanted to do something else and try mm -hmm. something else and I did. Mm -hmm. And I practiced for three years. And, and after three years, I said, you know, uh, I, I don't think I enjoy this as much as, as, as uh, marketing. So I came back uh, and this is during the, the dot-com um, you know, yeah. period. So uh, I worked for you know one of the high-flying digital strategy consultancies, uh, and that was quite a quite a ride, and you know went up up the roller coaster and then down the roller coaster uh, with with that whole experience. And uh, since then, really the early two thousands have been in big marketing services firms, actually big and and startup, mm -hmm. uh, in a series of roles: chief strategy officer, uh, chief experience officer. You know, so mostly on the strategy planning. Uh, side uh, of that. And then uh, I also have a, a doctorate uh, in marketing. So I completed the doctorate in marketing uh, last year. Uh, so, you know, marketing is my um, is my field of, uh, of expertise uh, and leadership. Of course, I've built and led uh, on multiple occasions, uh, teams, uh, diverse teams that, you know, diverse in terms of talent and, and uh, uh, many other aspects, but uh, you know, not not holistic teams where it was just planners. It would be user experience designers or uh, media specialists, mm -hmm. uh, analytics folks, uh, brand strategists. So having that uh, diversity of experience uh, is giving me a lot of, uh, I think, good um, um, good experiences to to uh, coach people with. Mm -hmm. So after you know being so senior with so much experience in marketing. What made you become a coach? Um, you know, I, I like I said, I finished my doctorate recently, and um, I originally had started with the intent of going the business school track, um, and you know, teaching uh, at business school. I do. I certainly love research. Uh, I love teaching. Um, you know, I, I and after looking very closely at, at that, uh, I felt it wasn't for me. Uh, maybe didn't offer as as much opportunity as as, as I thought it, it would have, um, and it's an interesting question. So, my partner is a is a therapist. She's a psychotherapist here in New York, uh, and uh, she works with a lot of um, executives, mostly executives in large tech, media, etc. Uh, companies. Um, and you know, we we talk all the time, not about into specific people, but generally. Uh, and, you know, one of our conclusions uh, often is that, you know, these folks don't really need therapy. They need coaching. Oh, really? um, so, so you know, the more we talked about that, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And the more I learned about, um, uh, you know, I, I got curious about coaching. This is maybe, you know, going back a while now and, and did a little research into it. And, I, and it felt like something that 
um, really resonated with me because I do like to help people. I do like to uh, support people. Uh, and I think the coaching um, paradigm, if you will, uh, is a very effective uh, uh, method to do that. Amazing. Thank you. Great response. So, Fred, let's talk about now executive coach and leadership. Um, let me start by asking you, what are some of the most common challenges leaders face today? And how do you help them overcome these challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, um, <clears throat> my, my focus is on, I mean, you know, since I have so much marketing experience uh, and uh, I have a doctorate in marketing, mm-hmm. I, I do tend to focus on uh, marketing professionals. And um, I think marketing is a really interesting place to work because um, it, the, the the discipline has, has gone through numerous changes in the past mm-hmm. 10 plus years. Obviously, with social and, and, and media proliferation and, and just um, evolving consumer preferences. It, it's a very dynamic place to be. Uh, and it's a very struck, challenging place to be as, mm-hmm. as a, um, as a marketing leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but beyond that, I think, um, I think the pandemic also really accelerated the uh, importance of, of marketing in a lot of organizations. And the reason why I say that is, um, we all know, uh, maybe not everyone knows, but there's there's been a, um, a a lot of research and a lot of kind of writing in, in the business journals and publications about the high turnover of senior marketing executives. Mm-hmm. Every year, uh, one of the big retained search firms does a, a study on tenure of, of mm-hmm. C-level executives. And, and, and every year, the CMO is, is kind of has the shortest tenure, mm-hmm. um, you know, 39 months, 38 months, 40 months compared to a CEO, which may be double that, or a CFO, which might be, you know, 60, 70 months. So there's, there's a, uh, has been a lot of uh, churn uh, at the senior marketing uh, levels. Uh, and, and um, I believe some of it is because people want to find new, exciting jobs and that's, that's, that's good for them. But I do think I'll, I'll, some, the other part of it is that um, it, it's been difficult for senior marketing leaders to th- uh, thrive in, in um, a lot of large organizations mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, lack of understanding mm-hmm. uh, of, of the marketing uh, kind of, you know, uh, the science and art of, of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, the budgets that uh, many uh, marketers are accountable for are, mm-hmm. are enormous and the expectations and the pressure is very high mm-hmm. for profitable growth. And I think it's, it, it, I know it's very hard um, for marketers to, to uh, many times justify or match, you know, kind of match back the, or show that ROI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's, and I, I, so I think there's always um, a lot of pressure on the role. So I, I think there's, that puts, a, that, that's something that is a, is a challenge that I see a lot of times. Um, after the pandemic, uh, I think it's a good time uh, for, for marketing. Uh, it's been, I think, elevated. Um, its stature has been elevated in a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of organizations have realized that it's it's beyond critical to have a more customer centric, you know, uh, orientation. Uh, I don't think that's always been the case with a lot of companies, uh, and that that vaults the the marketing leader to to a higher uh, stature. Number one, um, and um, I, I, so I I think that uh, a lot of organizations also have reorganized to become these. Uh, 
these these connected companies that are are, are organized around on the customer and that that really uh, I think puts the marketer in a very important place in the organization. So, so tell me, um, dude, this is fascinating data that you're giving me that you know uh, the the life of a chief marketing officer maybe thirty six months or, or around that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but there is mm-hmm. a lot of attrition. What would you say is the reason? Is it that the senior marketing leaders are not reskilling themselves given the complete change that's happening in marketing with digital and so many other new things? I, I do I do think a lot of marketers are are um, are skilled in a lot of, you know, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of excellent uh, technical marketers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think that um, historically, um, marketing leaders have been, I think, forcibly or just as a, as a nature of kind of the what they do, focusing a lot more on executional mm-hmm. uh, things than and maybe enterprise strategy mm-hmm. uh, you know, topics, number one. Um, yeah. Number two, um, you know, I was saying before, I kind of felt like in, in some instances, marketers were, even if you were CMO, you're not at the, at the adult table, you're at the kiddie mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I don't think that maybe... Uh, a lot of times uh, they were able to uh, talk convincingly to to a CFO or a COO to validate or explain mm-hmm. why they need so much money to 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 build brand equity, to build brand preference, mm-hmm. preference to acquire and retain customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, I, I I think it's a little bit of a of a of a frame of reference issue okay. that they maybe didn't look. Uh, you know, they, they weren't talking um, so much uh, about income statement and 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 you know return on equity uh, and share price. You know, they, their their frame of reference may have been a little bit more narrow, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think I think their um, purview has expanded post pandemic, and I think there's an opportunity to kind of step into that that position as one of the real architects of, of, of the growth conversation mm-hmm. in organizations. Mm-hmm. Well said. So let me come back now to some general questions on leadership. Uh, talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about the role of empathy in leadership. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's, you know, you know, I, I've been uh, like, you have, you know, worked for a couple of, a couple of decades now and um I would say that I don't think when I was starting out as a professional, there was a heck of a lot of empathy in the workplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not something that uh, that 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 uh, I've had a lot of experience with, uh, and um, you know, going back. But I do think that um, that a lot of executives and a lot of organizations have um, uh, now appreciate the importance of, of being empathic, right? Because at the end of the day, um, if you're a leader, your your job is not to get things done. Your job is to inspire and empower others to get things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the, I think I believe the more empathy you bring to that role as a leader, mm-hmm. um, the the more people are going to feel engaged and understood, uh, and um, are going to appreciate um, the fact that they feel supported. Right. And I, I think a big thing that is an outcome of, of empathy is, is psychological safety. Mm-hmm. And when people feel safe, um, they do better work. 
they're less motivated by um, you know the fear the flight uh, you know, impulse and, and are able to uh, think feel and act uh, in a way that's that that, that unlocks their potential mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think empathy is you know look it's it's a cornerstone of emotional yeah. intelligence no I understand and and I, we all know the research uh, is is has been around for decades now about how um, emotionally intelligent uh, leaders and organizations uh, get just are, are healthier places to work and they, they, they do better, uh, you know, uh, they perform better than non-emotionally non- healthy um, organizations. Let me, move, let me now move to a few questions uh, on coaching because you're an executive mm-hmm. coach as well. Let me start by asking, given your own amazing background in the corporate world, how has your background supported your coaching philosophy, your style, and your values? Yeah, um, I mean, I think that um, you know, I, I think that the way I approach coaching is, is, I mean, I do coaching and advisory, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we're talking about coaching, um, I, my experience, uh, I think, gives me. Uh, a broader context mm-hmm. in which to direct or, or, or frame the, the, the coaching conversation. Mm-hmm. But I try not to be too directive because uh, that's not the intent of a coach. Right. The purpose of a coach is to mm-hmm. <clears throat> help um, uh, reflect back on uh, on the client and, and help them to um, think more deeply about their thinking right mm-hmm. you know so or about their feelings right uh, and how whether they're what their behaviors are uh, if they're consistent with their thoughts and their feelings right so so i i, I think that um I, I think just being able to take that philosophical approach um having having all this experience i think i'm able to bring up a, a, a bit more maybe um uh, objectivity to, to the coaching conversation, yeah. uh, and, um, to, uh, also understand more so that you're able to have those productive interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I like to do when I'm working with a client mm-hmm. is be a thinking partner, be a thought partner, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody is struggling with something or somebody is, um, not comfortable with something what i try to do is, is to kind of go go back and help them unwind um the thoughts they have about that why they develop those thoughts mm-hmm. um their feelings ab- about it uh and uh, how and whether their behavior and actions are consistent with those thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. so so okay. it's not about uh you know guiding them down a path. It's about helping them guide themselves down the path. Mm, Well said. And, uh, you know, Fred, all of us in our lives have always, you know, been influenced by different people as we go along. I'd love to get your thoughts on how have you been shaped by people in your life and how are they influencing you as a coach and as an advisor today? Yeah, um, you know, one of the... um, I, get, I would think my father has been one of my most uh, most important influences in my life, and I think that um, 
you know, I, I, I think he, one of the things he's very, very skilled at is um, not bringing judgment to a situation, mm-hmm. bringing objectivity. And also, even more than that is, 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 is you talked about empathy before, that bringing empathy, but also bringing a th- kind of a 360 perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So um, being able to um, understand that we all have our biases and, and our pr- uh, preferences and how we see things yeah. um, and, you know, trying to step out of that um, default um, mindset and mm-hmm. feelings about things and, and, and seeing things from multiple perspectives. Right. And, and I, I think, I think that, you know, I, I, I don't, it's not always easy. It's not always, you, you know, that, that's not something that's, that, that, you know, you have to really, it's, you have to be kind of cognitively aware of your mm-hmm. thoughts and, 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 um, and, and also regulate your emotions to, to do that effectively. But as long as you're, uh, you're trying to do that and you're aware that, um, that is something that, that needs to be, um, accounted for in, in, in how you're engaging with people. I, I, I think you're, ha- that's half the battle. Mm, interesting. So I have time for two more questions, uh, for you. My next question, uh, Fred, is for the younger leaders. And I've often mm-hmm. said that the millennials and the Gen Z leaders who have now come into positions of authority in organizations, they've really brought in a breath of fresh air into uh, most organizations. And I'm sure they will sort out a lot of the challenges that people from my generation, which is the boomers generation, seem to have messed up. I'd love to get your perspective on what are some of the areas these young leaders need to be coached in. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I sometimes um, see that um, their their communication style. Sometimes I feel sometimes it is, is it, you know it, it, it's too too digitized uh and everything is is email or 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 slack chat or uh and um i i i think there's a time and a place um for for that type of communication um but i think something is lost um in in that in the translation many many times so i do think um being more um uh willing to pick up a phone or get on a team's chat or meet somebody in person mm-hmm. uh I, I think is a uh and, and appreciate the, the the personal interaction mm-hmm. and the importance of the personal interaction uh in developing trust and rapport uh and um because i, I you know a lot of teams like coach i coach i also do a lot of team coaching and many times teams are geographically of course distributed and 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 they many of these folks have never met in person but they've been working together now for 18 24 36 months uh and you know certainly it's easy to develop a i i would i don't want to say superficial relationship with someone over 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 teams or 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 zoom but um you know i think it's a lot to be said for getting to know people on, on a deeper level um and i think it's it's it you know this is obviously this is an ongoing debate about um, the merits uh, or or not of, of remote work or hybrid work versus mm-hmm. you know in the office, and I do think there's a lot of merit around hybrid. Um, but I think one of the things that leaders and teams and people need to be really conscious of is making sure that they are taking the time uh, 
um, to form, um, you know, lasting relationships with people by meeting them in person and, and, and having dialogue and, and conversing sure. as opposed to just transactional, you know, communications on, um, you know, uh, on Slack or, or whatever platform you're using. Well said. And my last question to you, Fred, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey as a corporate leader and then as a leadership advisor and a coach, what would you say are three lessons you would want a lot of our viewers and listeners to take away? Well, I, you know, I think that, um, I think a, a, a simple one is, you know, take ownership of things, even mm-hmm. if um, they are not necessarily in your, uh, you know, if you're not specifically accountable for something, but you're a part of a team that's accountable mm-hmm. for something, you know, own it, take, take full ownership of it. Uh, it, of course, in partnership with with other members of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the issues that when we do team coaching, um, it, we see oftentimes is I talked earlier about working with a lot of different you know disciplines. You know, in marketing, you have analytics, you have mm-hmm. user experience, you have uh, you know you have media, you have search, you have social. There's a lot of teams that need to come together that make things happen, uh, and the um, uh, the handoffs uh, are 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 not always easy, mm. and and many times you get this silo mentality. Well, it's not my job; I gave it to them, and now they have to do it, and, and I'm done with it. And mm. you know, so it's take ownership. You know, be, be be you know help help the team perform better by kind of um, you know you know owning the final outcome uh, mm. jointly uh, with your partners. Um, I think that's one one big thing. Um, you know, I, I you know you talk on about empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think cultivating empathy and, and, you know, learning more, learning more about emotional intelligence. I mean, there's so much research out there uh, about emotional intelligence and how important it is. Mm. Um, you know, in many instances, much more uh, determinative of, of success in business than, than, than IQ or right? EQ is mm. oftentimes like two X, the impact of, of, of performance than IQ. Mm. So you, you, you can master your, your job. You could be technically, proficient but if you don't have those those relational skills and those conflict management skills and those self-regulatory skills mm. um you know you're gonna struggle in an organization okay. um and, and so I, I would i would say that's an important um uh a lesson um and then finally um you know fi- you know find what find what you love you know i think that um um you know, sometimes people get caught up in, in roles that or in organizations or uh, even in a career path mm-hmm. uh, where eventually it's the tail wagging the dog. Right. You know, if geez, why am I doing this now for five, six, seven, eight years? I don't really love it. Mm-hmm. You know, take the time to really think about what it is that inspires you and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, money or, or, or stability isn't important. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm saying that uh, also uh, being inspired and motivated by your work is, is, is important as well. Well said. And on that note, Fred, and your three wonderful lessons, take ownership. Second, you said learn about emotional intelligence. And third, you said find what you love. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your journey. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of marketing leadership, about leadership, and about different aspects of coaching. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.